Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty here with Denny Carter and Kyle Dvorak to break down what was a scintillating divisional round. The wild card round was interesting. Uh, the divisional round was amazing. And the one game that wasn't close, you know, the Ravens pulling away and being the Texans 34 to 10, even that was close at halftime. We had four compelling games with a lot of compelling storylines. So we're going to break down the fallout from those. Uh, the fallout for the eliminated teams. Look ahead a little bit to the conference championship round, championship round for the four teams that are moving on. I'll have a much longer preview on that later in the week. But first, I just want to say too, you may notice Denny is here. You know, it's, you know, it's it's ten fifteen Eastern. Um, <laughs> Denny is awake. I talk about Denny all the time. He says like he has a, a baby's bedtime, yeah. and he's here. He's trying to beat the allegations <laughs> that he goes to bed at like eight o'clock. And, and, and so I'm. Denny, uh, I'm I'm beating those allegations very strongly right now. You, you actually know? are. You don't even look tired. I I'm not. You know, uh, <laughs> here's what I did, guys. Uh, I slept in this morning. I took two naps in the afternoon, and I drank one pot of coffee at three thirty okay. p.m. Right. There <laughs> so you go. I'm, yeah, I'm ready to go. No, but I, I this this idea, and I blame Pat mostly for this. I am perpetuating this yeah. view. So you 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 have perpetuated this to the point where. People I don't even know online are shocked when I post something at like 9.35 p.m. Wait, you're still up? Uh, yes, I'm, still, I'm an adult. I'm an sun, adult. I put my kids to bed. The sun is like still out in the mid-Atlantic and then he's getting, you're up? Tweets? <laughs> um, yeah, you're, yeah, yes. I'm up, like, okay, I'm not like up till 4 or whatever, 4 a.m., thankfully. But I, I do go to bed at like 11 p.m., which I think is normal. I've been trying to go to bed at 11. I'm still more I'm going at 1130. I take these kids to school, man. It's just killing me. <laughs> it's killing me. Pat, I, if I remember correctly, you have to do that for many more years. So I'm saying it's yeah. killing you. So and many. Well, I think at some point, I think at some point, I think my lovely wife might start doing it again, but it's, uh, we have a quote newborn. Actually, it's not a newborn anymore. She's like 11 months old, but. Uh, we got a little kid. Well, I just I just yawned. I will say I just yawned, and uh, my eyelids are feeling like twelve percent sleepy. So Denny is trying to beat the allegations. No one was yawning in Chiefs Bills. Yet another compelling instant classic game between these two big time rivals of the AFC. Although, of course, it's the classic. It's hard to call it a rivalry when the Chiefs keep winning the games that matter. 
I mean, the Chiefs tried not to win this game really big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything after that fake punt, one of the most tilted decisions I've ever seen in my life from the Bills. Romo and Nancy are trying to explain, well, there's only 10 men on the field, Jim. They, they have no choice but to fake punt it. And, you know, the most fateful decision, you know, like, I don't know if I still would have done it even when they had 10 men on the field. And they did it, and it was easily stopped. <laughs> and the game <laughs> should have been over then. But the Chiefs had other plans. Michael Hardman had other plans. Uh, I don't even know where I'm going with this ramp. It was an amazing game. And uh, the, the Chiefs could have easily lost to Denny. Uh, but you were talking about before the show, like the Bills formula was basically to barely win games, to eke them out. And it almost worked here, but you can't eke out a game in the playoffs against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, we've talked about on the show for, I don't know, a month and a half now, how run heavy the Bills have been. And and th- this results from both Josh Allen's rushing, but also an increased uh, usage of, of uh, not Dalvin Cook, but James Cook. And uh, uh, we saw that here again. They 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 ran the ball on about fifty percent of their plays. I, I don't have the data for like early down rushing or anything, but they they've been Falcons esque in that regard for a while. Um, that continued uh, tonight. Four point seven yards per attempt from for Josh Allen. No pass play went over fifteen yards, which is which is amazing. Now, yes, and I know. Oh, well, he hit he hit Stephen Diggs right in the hands from seventy five yards. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. That worked. And the air what's yards are going, going to look, on. With, what's going on with that guy? The, the air way. yards are going to look beautiful. I'm going to, I'm telling you those air yards numbers are going to blow your mind on Monday. Okay. But, but uh, you, this offense, I don't think was uh, uh, constructed to take down a team like Kansas city. And they came awfully close. You so know, they doing came it. so, so, so close. Denny, to your point, man, the bills ran 78 plays in this game. So many, I, I don't remember the Chiefs being on the field. I, right. I have no recollection. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs ran forty-one plays, and the Bills ran seventy-eight plays. Thirty-nine dropbacks, zero sacks for Josh Allen. Thirty-nine rush attempts, twenty-five running back rush attempts. By the way, you look at the Bills box score. Demar Hamlin had a carry. Just talk about seriously. Like I, I, we talked, people talked about you know the comeback player of the year debate and Joe Flacco down the stretch. Demar Hamlin went from like the scariest thing any of us have ever seen yeah. on a sports field to then having a carry in the divisional round the following season. Of course it was you know, that fateful fake punt play, but talk about just an, what a miracle and good to yeah. see. But this, I, I don't, the bills didn't just, they weren't playing to win this game, man. And then the one time they did, it was so tilted. So, 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 so tilted. Well, I wonder what the decision-making process on that was like, was uh, it might've been a punter. The punter might've gone rogue or has been, you know, taught to go rogue then. I mean, that's kind of, yeah, yeah. that's, that's my assumption of like. how it happens is that if he can recognize there's a blocking mismatch, which the broadcast pointed out, probably a blocking mismatch. If the chiefs forget to put a 11th player on the field, I'd imagine he is, told he's allowed to option into it but like i don't know maybe don't and the, you guys both referenced though the steph digs it seriously should have been like a 70 yard catch and it wasn't perfect but I mean, just very very surprising a player stefan Diggs's caliber does not catch that ball he since his slump became noticeable in the box scores we don't know like when it really started it might have started even when he was still posting 100 yard games so it was week seven against the patriots and the week seven through this game he he averaged barely nine yards per catch. Yeah. Just what do you think is going on? Is it you really think it can he really just hit the age like cliff midway through the season? Where I still think it's probably about injury, but I do think um sometimes the age cliff, you're fine until you get hurt midseason. It's what happened to Peyton Manning in 2014, where he was still playing yeah. at an MVP level. 
He got injured, struggled to end the year, and then was done the next year. I just don't know what happened to Stefan Diggs. It's one of the most baffling things I've ever seen and a huge, huge question mark for the Bills headed into the offseason. And, and you know, um, th- th- this is not analytics, and I, I, don't, I don't really n- – nothing in his usage, his type of routes, whatever, his targets has, has changed significantly. I do see a guy who is not really confident on the field. He just doesn't look as cocky as he usually does. He's I mean, he's also, had some of his worst drops of his career this year. Yeah. Like, uh, drops are random. Like I think the, like the math shows very obviously yeah. drops are random, uh, but randomly he had horrific luck this year and it is luck that he controls the destiny of. There wasn't uh, that usual like fire from him, uh, you know, when things are going bad or good. I don't know. I don't know what was, go- what was going on. He, he seemed, um, I don't know, disconnected, disinterested at times. Uh, and, and and this trickled down into on-field stuff where Josh Allen uh, didn't throw it to Diggs, flashing across the middle on what could have been a, a long gain on that final drive, uh, second to last drive, I guess. Oh, no, no, it was the final drive where he threw it to Shakir in the end zone and uh, oh, yeah. but didn't quite get there, right? And, he got uh, hit. I guess Tony Rowe, he got grazed. And, and he did. He did get, and that was a touchdown. Grazed, yeah, that was grazed. that. That was a, that was going to be a touchdown. The Bills win in that in that case. That's real tough. But but I think usually in years past, uh, even early this year, Josh Allen would have easily checked down to Stephen Diggs flashing across the middle. He didn't even look. Didn't even what, look. Do you guys think it's chicken or the egg? Where I, I feel like the Bills found themselves exactly where they started. Where <laughs> yeah. the big time the big time talking point last postseason was. Man, they have no plan B, like when Josh Allen hero ball doesn't work. And that was really, really evident in that loss to the Bengals last year. It wasn't quite as evident in this game because it wasn't such a sloppy game. It was a close game. But I, I what is the team's offensive identity beyond Josh Allen big play down there somewhere? And he delivers it freakishly often. Yeah. He, a, a true freak of nature, Josh Allen. But like, I feel like, so this brings me, I guess, to the coaching. Sean McDermott was a program changer for the Bills. You could argue firing him would just be like scapegoating him. I think they they need to try something else because I I still cannot articulate what the Bills' offensive identity is. They have to ha- have some more articulate version of their offense other than just like Josh Allen and say no mode. And mm-hmm. I think someone needs to come in there and try something different. But I don't know if you guys agree or not. I think I'd try to find some talent beyond like rookie tight end which is a historically bad bet and like at best Gabe Davis which is a terrible bet to be your number two anyways but at worst he's not healthy and then Khalil Shakir suffers a horrific concussion and then you're down to Trent Sherfield who also had a I mean it was not like we talked about with the digs one like these are hard plays to make but you're in the freaking like you're trying to get into the AFC championship facing Patrick Mahomes you have to make those plays and Sherfield had a very bad drop in the sense of it hit the ground and tumbles you know he didn't secure it before it hit the ground that's a drop i think before like tearing the whole program down which like they already started with ken dorsey try and find him someone who isn't a rookie tight end who they also don't seem to know how to use anytime dawson knox is active they can't seem to get dalton kincaid going is that over middle of the field it's totally crazy it's that's one crazy aspect the other crazy aspect is playing gabe davis every snap and he doesn't do anything when he's actually active and then the plan B at that point becomes like, maybe it's Kincaid, but maybe it's Shakir. Like take, this is a really deep, like first round receiver class, take a shot on a guy this year. And if he turns out to be like a Rasheed Rice level player, especially in the fact that like, maybe you start using Diggs more as like 
use him as an outside deep threat and you bring someone in like she who can dominate over the middle of the field. I think that's what they're trying to get with Kincaid, but I don't know if they've actually got it. I mean, or just or just sign. I mean, Josh Reynolds or sign someone, exists. Yeah, or sign yeah just someone, yeah. sign some like role players who can like do something. Yeah, um, even even if it's not like spending a ton of money, which we probably shouldn't do. Like guys, you know, we see this all the time with uh, you know veteran wide receivers. The ones that make it to the market and get a lot of money probably end up being overpaid. But there are lots of ones that come in on these two and three year deals who probably could have been like either I want to say closer to the high end guys. It's really the high end guys should have been closer to them. In fact, but yeah, try to go three or four deep. Maybe be like Packers, right? You don't have to have the number one receiver in the league. But if you're like unguardable in that a team has to run four corners deep to run with you, maybe that's the plan for the Bills. But I do think the Bills need more pass catching talent, especially with Diggs playing some of his, I'm saying his worst football because his worst is a really high bar, but some of his worst football in his career came this year and then still not figuring out Kincaid and Gabe Davis is useless. Like add some weapons. Maybe you add a top end, you know, first round receiver. Maybe you try and run three or four receivers deep. But I want to see Josh Allen with more receiving talent around him before I say, like, Dable's got to go. D- n- n- not Dable's. You mean Sean McDermott. Or but, McDermott, um, yeah. yeah. Dable, he already went, Kyle. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you knew ball. Uh, no. Uh, then a shorter version of what Kyle just said, uh, the, the Bills are favored to win the AFC Championship game if they had simply acquired Adam Thielen last offseason. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Uh, it's any t- Adam Thielen, the Chiefs would be waltzing to the Super Bowl with Adam Jeez. Thielen. Uh, the Bills would be hosting the AFC Championship game with Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had over 100 receptions on the worst offense in the NFL. So the worst offense in modern history. I mean, yeah, Denny, I was I'm trying not to overstate it. Yeah, Denny, <laughs> Denny's been getting in trouble with the Bryce Young clan. But um, Denny, uh, do you, Sean McDermott, should he stay or should he go? Um, I don't think that he should be fired. What? Why? What's wrong with you guys? Like, what did, he, not, what did he? What did he? You guys are stumping for Mike McCarthy one day, and then you're stumping for I, Sean I McDermott. Just, well, I mean, what was, how what was long Sean McDermott's get, other plan? Get? What was his other plan in this game? Throw more to Trent Sherfield? Like, no, I mean, Sean McDermott have an identity. Like, but they, what's the identity? That's on the head coach, man. Like, they how don't many have years the in talent row? to have another identity? They do they though. Do. Like, how many Who years is in a row? It? How how many years in a row can you have an elite team that has no offensive identity? Like, I just don't. That's the thing. They. They are overcoming, like they are overcoming the fact that their number two receiver is Khalil, Khalil Shakir. They're basically falling into the same trap the Panthers did with Cam Newton. Like he'll be Superman forever, and like he can take hits forever. That's just not how it works. It is no, I agree with that, but that's not like yeah, yeah I, I totally agree that like Josh Allen do everything, please God, Josh Allen save us isn't the right way to play football. Like it, over a long sample, it probably doesn't work. But in this season, like. What was the other like? We I saw them. I mean, I, I will say I thought they had more at the end of the season, and who cares? Like, I thought they had a better. I, I was gonna say to so kind of split the baby between you two, because uh, Denny's complaining about their more conservative style. You were saying that like they didn't. We're both kind of saying they didn't have an identity. I did think they had a better identity after they fired Kyle's god Ken Dorsey. Where I did think they needed to commit a little more to the run, and they did do that. And I, I mean, it but it killed them in this game, like. They well, ran did it just and did it, it though. It did. It did. Like, what it would did. they run like sixteen that. times with James Cook for under four a carry? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. all their biggest, all their yeah. biggest misses though were in the passing game. Uh, James Cook, guys. James Cook had eighteen carries for sixty yards, three point four yards per carry. I mean, that it, it, there were, and a lot of it was on first down. You might as well just take a knee. 
honestly, just take a knee. Don't, don't even, don't even do that stuff. That was, that was embarrassing. They're, that they're, they're, they need, I, I think, and Beat you'll James be shocked Parker. to know this. They need to load up on receivers, go four wide on every play and never run the ball with a running back. Just well, we all agree. Back. They have, I mean, I know it's not as easy as pushing a button, but I don't, I didn't know what either the chiefs or the bills were thinking last off season and not augmenting their receiver cores. Yeah. And like the bills plan I thought was especially poor, even though Dalton yeah. Kincaid ended up having a fine rookie year using a first round pick on a 24 year old tight end when you really, really need a weapon. And you had just signed Dawson Knox. Like he legitimately got like four years, I think like 50 million or something. It was a ton of money. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. the bills, they're at cross crossroads season for the bills yet again, yeah. real quick. We were, we talked about this game probably longer. We should chiefs got their swagger back. Question mark. Yeah. It was starting to look like it against the dolphins. Yeah. It looked like they've they looked a lot more like the normal chiefs the past two weeks. They did. They did. I, you know, uh, Kelsey obviously got involved five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Only six targets, but that you know accounts for a twenty-six percent target share on a day when, when Mahomes um, only throws twenty-three passes. Okay, so I guess I guess the plan would be just to, you know, hammer Kelsey and Rice with with targets, and then um, and then use Pacheco against um, you know soft fronts when when teams are playing off you know way off line of scrimmage, two two high safeties, whatever the case may be. Uh, to punish them with Pacheco, I think that's your best bet. I do, I do think. I just this is as an aside. I, I, I kind of feel like until things change, and maybe things will change big time if Andy Reid calls it quits after this season, which there have been some, there's been some chatter about that. But um, it feels like Mahomes's like gaudy stat days are over. No, they're not. It's it's just totally. I think really, it's just all about. He can do whatever you need. Right now, they don't have any weapons, so whatever. He's just he's become like the best. Like, don't oh, turn man. it over. Take what? your shots. Like, I think the second they get back like another weapon, it's back to like take your shots. I hope you're right. I know. I mean, I I really hope I'm wrong here, but uh, I just it just kind of it feels like you know he is content to play underneath and like you said, do what it takes to win, and you know he'll be we, fine we for hate fantasy, that. but like. I, I I can't I can't imagine I have zero interest in him in fantasy going into next year. Uh, that seems very strong. I mean they they <laughs> scored they scored I think under 20, 20 or fewer points six times in the regular season. Half of Mahomes's twenty or fewer points games in his career came just this year. I agree, Pat. Like, how do you expect Mahomes to get home for the three hundred and fifty yard game when like? It's just passes doinking off the helmets of MVS and Meikle. But the team also has been relatively disinterested in spending a lot of a lot of either draft or money, you know, capital at receiver. It's like day two pick on Rasheed Rice. Let's go bargain hunting for MVS and Juju. And let's bring back Justin Watson for a prominent role. Like, why? I, I don't get why they don't just commit to a first round receiver. I mean, maybe the answer is ultimately like, they have not done it yet, and they're going to go to an AFC championship, and they just came from the Super Bowl. So that's the answer. I guess the results are, are what they are. That's probably Well, and I think the plan, too, was they don't have the capital to invest in, like, a big-time free agent wide receiver. So keep taking a day-two flyer until one works. And I would say the Rasheed Rice flyer looks like it's going to work. Oh, 100%. It's going to work. He's, I, I mean, like a wide receiver one next year, probably. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's had one of the better rookie seasons we've seen. I, I think the one thing that they're still – 
missing though is Rice has had one of like the lowest ADOTs for a high volume receiver in the past five to 10 years. He is strictly part of the new era chiefs in which like you, like you said, Pat, they're incredible at limiting bad plays. They have a great success rate because Mahomes doesn't take sacks, but he also doesn't like, like just throw bad throws to avoid the sack. He's perfect in that sense, but they are missing the big play and Rice doesn't seem to be giving them that. Is Pat Mahomes? I don't know why I'm throwing this landmine into the pie. Is Pat Mahomes a more poised quarterback than Tom Brady was? Um, he, and the answer is yes, but can you admit it? <laughs> can I be correct here? Yeah. I'll say I'll say yes. I think when uh, when the chips are down, I think Mahomes is more poised. Yeah. Hey, I've never seen anyone with this guy's poise. He he never throws the back-breaking pick. Like, he doesn't, man. He's so if, if he does throw the back-breaking pick, it's always like the classic is like actually a perfect pass. And I I, I just I've never seen this guy make a mistake. Then I'm like, oh man. Yeah, in Brady, it was extremely rare, of course. But Mahomes, it like literally does not happen. And yeah, I mean that's that's his that's his part of his magic. I think there are so many things, you know, magic about yeah. Mahomes, the incredible throws, uh, his you know goober receivers drop all the time but the incredible scrambling diving throws but i think the underrated part is the lack of just any mistakes despite his team putting him in position where like he could be making a lot of mistakes and we would excuse them in the sense of like it's a high pressure environment it's third and long you got to make a play i get why he threw the pick but he just doesn't do that pick like you said he doesn't make the bad play and we're like we saw with jordan love which we'll talk about in a minute love played a sick second half of the season and played a you know a not a bad football game but when push came to shove, he did make the back breaking his play. He yeah. did. He did. Speaking of the Mahomes receiver errors, uh, two touches for one yard from Michael Hardman, and might need to be a game day inactive for the yeah, AFC man. Championship game against the Ravens. The re- you know, everyone, a lot of talk about global pop superstar Taylor Swift. Um, uh, global American football superstar uh, Jason Kelsey going into the crowd and taunting Bills fans was, I thought, interesting fan box yeah. behavior. <laughs> I, I would uh, caution against that. Not me. He knew that. He knew. He knew they weren't stepping. <laughs> I mean, it's and Jason Kelsey. He was Jason Kelsey. He was. So that was that was interesting. But uh, we digress. We move on. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. To the Lions, thirty-one to twenty-three over the Bucks. This game was close. It wasn't nearly as compelling as Chiefs Bills. I don't know what kind of label I'd put on this game. Uh, the Lions got tested and they responded and won. They didn't look like they didn't look like a team that really deserved to be in the NFC Championship game. Uh, but you know, it's a down year in the NFC. We'll just get your thoughts on the Lions. I still, 
I wouldn't say the Lions have no chance to upset the 49ers. We'll get more into the 49ers. What I saw from the 49ers on Saturday evening was a team that like didn't look like it believed in itself. I'm getting like deep into boomer like vibes based analysis. <laughs> and the 49ers vibes were very bad. The Lions vibes remain pretty good. But neither of you think they really have a chance to upset the four. We'll get into this a lot more later in the week, too. Uh, no, I mean, just off the top, I don't think the Lions have any chance uh, to, to beat the Niners. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, Thank, thankfully, this game is not on NBC. I mean, it's in, it's in <laughs> look, it's in San Francisco. It's away from the. Oh, dome. yeah. No one ever wins in Santa Clara. I mean, it's, in, I'm just saying it's away from the comfy dome, okay, where golf excels. Uh, golf is so bad under pressure and he's going to face pressure a lot here. So it's, it doesn't point. set up. The, the matchup is, I think, matchup. On, on paper, it's real, real bad uh, for the Lions. We'll, we'll get into that in a, in, in a minute. I will say with this Bucks Lions game, I, I I do think it was a Bucks team that early on let it be known that they were not serious about winning this game. No, what what they? Um, I totally agree. You know, uh, Todd Bowles, hyper hyper conservative coach, uh, punts on fourth and inches or fourth and one. Um, in, you know, on the plus side of the 50, it go it's a touchback. Uh, it's a net of 23, 24 yards, whatever like that, that right there. I was talking to my dad and I said, uh, I said, dad, well, that's, the, that's it. That's the ball game. Uh, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, the bucks, the bucks just said, look, we, we, we had a good season. We had a shockingly good season. We want a playoff game and that's good enough for us. We're not, we're not here to win. We're not going to win this game. So that, that was a give up. That was a give up there. At that point, I knew, you know, you know, Lions, Lions are going to win, obviously. Um, uh, and that's unfortunate because I do think the Bucks were equipped, had the offensive firepower to actually w- win this game if they want, if they had wanted to, which they didn't. Um, and uh, and and it showed later in the game where Baker Mayfield was looking like Mahomes out there, I know. just zipping balls into traffic. Mike Evans coming down with a, a touchdown there in the in the fourth quarter. Um, so the the bucks the bucks could have probably should have won, it, but to me yeah, it doesn't should have feels a bit strong, but but to me it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter because no no neither of these teams can compete with the 49ers. So it sounded like if, if Bruce Arians had WWE style like gate crashed into the arena, you're saying that they would have won the Bucks. You know he was pr- pretty aggressive. Yeah. He liked yeah. to throw. Yes, um, yes. I mean, you know the best thing that can happen to every time we see a team like lose its kicker to a hamstring pull. And they have to go for it on fourth down. I know it's true. Those teams have scored thirty-seven points every time. Every single time. Yeah, we scored more points than and then we haven't since nineteen eighty-nine. And it's like, well, that's because you didn't kick. (laughs) That's an extremely, extremely good point. And man, Danny, you had a lot of good launching off points there. This is the Bucks team that's like in total rebuild mode. By the way, like everyone's a free agent. Like half the teams, like Adam Schefter had a tweet. Like half the teams, like a free but agent. Evans, uh, are, are you talking about the Texans or the or the Bucks? Oh, excuse me, I meant the Bucks. Did I say the Texans? No, no, no. I'm sorry because I thought that I, I know the Texans basically have everyone in free agency. I I, I didn't realize. That well, the Texans right. had a lot of guys in one year deals. It's not anyone like that important though. Yeah, Texans have uh numbers. They have a lot of numbers of guys yeah, going, yeah, yeah. but it's like oh Robert Woods, probably uh, Noah Brown. I'd okay. imagine Dalton Schultz, like the core. Who we love. Yeah. Remember when they were rebuilding, Nick Casario was obsessed with three year deals for special teamers. And yeah. that's kind of that's what's right. going on with the Texans. Uh, so we but they can't they just slap Mike Evans with the franchise tag? I kinda doubt they'd do that to a veteran like him. Really? But I don't I know. Like I think he I think those three I bet 
Mike Evans, I think, will just be re-signed. And I think back. so, Jake. Well, I mean, what what has ever stopped the team from using a franchise tag against a yeah, player? Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's no such thing as goodwill in this league. No. But I think Baker and Evans will probably both be back. 100%. Baker, I mean, you know, we talked about this with a few teams. Like we talked about with the Dolphins, where two is a free agent and one more year. But, like, the way the team is set up for both the Dolphins, but in this case for Baker and the Bucks. The Bucks, if they want to continue doing what they're doing, which is fine. Like, I, I don't really fault a team for being like, we can win one playoff game. Let's see if we can get frisky as opposed to like, let's gamble it all on the 17th overall pick quarterback. Like that guy's probably not good. I don't blame them for taking just another year, run it back with Baker, make some changes in free agency. Like maybe that's not optimal team building strategy over a long horizon, but you made the playoffs and you were like a frisky team in the playoffs. No problem with them bringing him back. Baker benefits greatly from coming back because this is the most successful he's been in his career. And the team, if they want to continue down this road, is most able to do so by bringing Baker back. So I'm 100% convinced he comes back. I don't think there's even a conversation that he doesn't come back. Well, he might, unless they're not willing to franchise tag him, he might get lured away. I will say. But. I don't think someone would offer more than the Bucks would offer, though. And it's in his best interest to come back unless, like, there's what? no, there's not going to be a spot that's better. Uh, Bill Belichick. Loved our, our man Bakes in the 2018 draft pre, pre-draft process, and once Bill is finally installed down there in Atlanta, I, they're they're interviewing every assistant coach in the NFL at least two times before they hire Bill Belichick. But once Bill accepts that Falcons job, he's coming for our guy Baker. And we he's also good. did have Ian Rapport saying that uh, he was more saying the franchise tag is on the table, as in like, hey, reminder, here's a thing to think about. I don't think he was saying his sources have that. But I do think that if Baker really considered leaving, they would just tag him, which would make the Evans situation probably a little right. harder to navigate, yeah. though. It's Baker, Evans, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, Devin White, uh, Chase McLaughlin. These are some hmm. of the Bucks free agents. Yeah, uh, Chase yeah they've Evans. got a lot of defensive guys who yeah. are coming up. So there won't be a new era, maybe. Oh, well, not really. The different team in Buffalo. God, I can't talk. Tampa Bay next year. Uh, Kyle, do you have anything to say about the Lions? I mean, I feel like the Lions never really sell anybody on the Lions, but they just mm-hmm. keep winning. Uh, they do win every single week, and they're now in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, the the parts of the Lions versus the 49ers that I think give me some hope that the Lions win, not that I really have much investment in who wins this game, but that give me some hope if I were a Lions fan mostly come down to what we saw from the 49ers. Yes. So, so, you know, the Lions are a good team. And I think if they catch the 49ers on a bad day, which we did see this weekend, they could probably beat that version of the team. But this, what we saw from the Lions versus the Bucks, it didn't really change my opinion on them much. It, it's going to be the classic. comes down to vibes. Kyle Shanahan does everything in his power not to lose playoff games. Dan Campbell's going to be doing everything possible to win the game. And as we know, the 49ers have come the ultimate must get off to a hot start team. Yeah. Otherwise they might lose to Jordan love. Yeah. Look, uh, we know that Dan Campbell will try to win. He will not just try not to lose. We know that. So we'll, I just, the 49ers, I just, they struggle with the team that doesn't do, I don't know what to say other than that. They don't believe in themselves. Like that should not have been a close game. Like it really just should not. Are we going to get to that game now or, or we will. I mean, it's like though, like, yeah, whatever. Let's move on. 
Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 49ers, 24, Packers, 21. And, like, I just think, how can the whole operation fall apart when Debo Samuel gets hurt? Like, whatever. I know you have a game plan. I know he, like, <laughs> contributes in, like, every package you have. I, he contributes to yeah. change of pace running back, blah, 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 blah. You still, even without Debo Samuel, have one of, like, the three or four best skill cores in the entire NFL. And to, like, just look lost. And, like, you know, the announcers are talking about, like, I don't know what to do about Debo. It's all about Debo. And uh, just – yeah, and it's 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 the classic. It's too elaborate of a machine. We always come it, back to this point with Kyle Shanahan. Like you have to be hmm. more anti fragile or whatever the the crypto they, people say. And they're they're, they're <laughs> hyper hyper fragile for sure. Uh, it was it was telling to me that the first play of the second half was a handoff to Juwan Jennings. Oh, yeah, and that um, was like the handoff heard around the world. <laughs> and and that and you know and that that speaks to you know what what we've talked a lot about it Pat I think you you said the you've said the the system cannot fail it can only be failed. So the system is a guy gets a handoff in that <laughs> position. It doesn't so, matter who. Yeah. Uh, and uh but it does matter who. It does matter cuz Debo Samuel is a special player, okay? He's not Jawan Jennings is not Debo Samuel and I know that sounds ridiculous when I say it. It sounds ridiculous when I say those words, but to, to to Kyle Shanahan, this is obviously a novel idea because because he he actually ran that play not caring that Debo Samuel was not in the game, okay? So he you got he's got to get out of this mindset that, the, that it has to be the system, the system, the system. Just keep the ball in your good player's hands. If Debo's not available, you you hammer it. You hammer at CMC, and you force-feed George Kittle. That's what you do. Uh, yeah. They, Kyle, they, didn't, they weren't quite force-feeding Kittle. He did have a nice game. They did start to finally force-feed Christian McCaffrey. Was your faith shaken in the 49ers, Kyle, uh, or where are you at? Yeah, I mean, we kind of know this about the team, about how fragile it is, but I'm not sure they have a path to anti-fragility in that like when you say like oh they can't be so complicated that when one piece falls when one piece comes out everything falls apart because that like it's like oh if you take all the bells and whistles away can they still be a good team you're exposing your quarterback in that scenario and your quarterback who executes the system very well is not a quarterback who succeeds outside of the system very well like it's it's you know the wizard of oz you pull the curtain back and you realize oh there's just this guy operating the system. If you take away the curtains, you take away the bells and whistles, you're left with Brock Purdy, who is not bad, but, you know, assume they make the Super Bowl. If they're able to shut down some of the aspects of the 49ers offense, whoever their opponent is, that make them the 49ers offense, you're left with Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes. 
we know how that's going to go. So I think, you know, as much as we say, as much as like, it'd be great if the team could survive without doing all of the, the advanced stuff they do it, without doing that stuff. They can't, we know they can't. It's not like a, Oh, why can't they do it? We know they can't because we know who they are as a team. Well, they can though, to Denny's point, they can at least take the Debo plays out of the playbook. Yeah. They, they can just still smooth some of the edges out. Yeah. 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 Like that was just totally. I that was a moment of temporary insanity. I thought, like, dude, he's hurt. Like, just <laughs> you yeah. got you got Christian McCaffrey. Just like give him the ball. Like, what, or do it with Brandon Ayuk. I know. I mean, literally do anything other than what you did. But still, like, I don't know, throw a slant to George Kittle. Maybe he seems like every other one of those is an eighty-yard touchdown when you do it. Um, do anything other than that. And he 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 just he coaches tilted out of his mind. Kyle Shanahan and the man. Like live free, man. Like live free. It's the twenty first century. <laughs> he, he is like, trapped. Live... He's trapped in his own head. He is. Know, He's that. so inside his own. He no one can match him in terms of scheme and play calling, and yet he constantly brings himself down to their yeah. level by like tying one hand behind his back for absolutely no right, reason. right. Um, uh, you know, as as for for Purdy, uh, I you know get a lot of you guys both sound like you're trying to say he's bad. So yeah, I, get a, I got a lot of Niners fans saying. He won, didn't he? And yeah, I mean, yes, he did. Uh, he happened to be on the team that won. He did. That's true. Uh, he was five percent below his expected completion rate, which is way, way below his season-long rate, which led the NFL, of course, because he is a Shanahan quarterback. Um, and honestly, if we're being generous, he threw three, three sh- shoulda, woulda, coulda picks, maybe four. Okay. Every time, basically every time he let go of the ball in the second half, um, because apparently he is unfamiliar with precipitation. I was going to say, it looked like he had um, never, uh, quote, touched water. Before. I mean, he's from Arizona, so I guess he's actually never seen water coming out of this. Well, he guy. played at Iowa State. And in Iowa, you know, after October 24th, you think Cleveland has bad weather. <laughs> Iowa, after October 24th, has the worst weather of any state in the lower 40. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the I Iowa State's mascot is literally like horrific weather. Like, that's is, the whole point. Yeah, that's a very, very it's good like point. I, 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 think, I think Purdy – so Purdy played as, as poorly probably as he can play. Okay? I'm thinking that it doesn't get worse than that. And as, as the Niners fans to- told me, reminded me, they won. Okay? <laughs> So that that's why I think even if Purdy plays like just okay this week against Detroit, they will win easily. If he plays great, they will win by a lot. That's it, that's my thinking. I think too. This we'll talk about this a lot more. Third, I I kept thinking the Lions' defense. Like at some point, like when your team is so good, it seems like the rising tide you really does tend to lift all boats. Like a lot of times, what what happened with the Chiefs down the stretch, their defense would always really improve. This year, they didn't need to improve since it was elite from the opening snap. But like the Lions defense is like never got better this year. And like it's still, I mean, it's not like it's bad, but the Lions defense is still a pretty major liability. Oh, it's a huge liability. And, the the Bucks were doing whatever they wanted in the second half. And and, and that's why I mean Purdy, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, every th- these guys are gonna eat eat Lions alive. Okay. Like like the, the Lions really, I think that their best chance here is to just just like muck up the game, just make it a dirty game. They can, they will get to in the preview show, whatever, but they, they can run it against this team. Okay. Yeah, like we saw Aaron Jones. I mentioned this in my piece from last week. Like the, the Niners rush defense is kind of bad because all they have are pass rushers 
who had their ears pinned back trying to get to the quarterback, and they are not there to read all that. They're not reading all that, okay? If, if it's a running play, they're, okay, well, you linebackers, come on. Come on up. Get them. Come get them. This might be the classic game where if Jared Goff reaches 30 pass attempts, like it's over. Like they, they, like a winning lion yeah. stat line in this game yeah. is like 24 pass attempts for Jared yeah. Goff. That's that that sounds right. We'll get we'll get to a lot more of that on Thursday, though. Uh Kyle, did the, did the Packers do you think they arrived like I feel like the Packers might be the classic, you know, they arrived ahead of schedule, but it doesn't necessarily mean then they'll just be great next year. Like sometimes teams arrive ahead of schedule. And then they still have one more year of growing pains where they fully arrive. Do you think the Packers, though, do you think they're ready to like arrive for real in 2024? Yeah, I mean, outside of one, obviously there are other plays. But, uh, you know, we'll all remember the one play for Jordan Love. But, I mean, outside of one play, or include it. Like, honestly, you include it. And his numbers over the second half of the season plus the playoffs are going to paint the picture Correctly, if you watch some play, the numbers will accurately describe what happened of a quarterback who truly took the next step. And I, I do think as far as, you know, we talk about the fragility of teams. This is a team that outside of like the variance of a quarterback entering his second season as a starter in which the first was OK and then great. Like there's still some sort of ambiguity outside of that. They are very anti-fragile in the fact that they run four receivers deep, two tight ends deep, and assuming Aaron Jones is still around, his contract makes that you know speculative, but let's just assume he is for this purpose, at least one receiver deep or one running back deep, a really good running back. They can afford to lose a receiver, like every team loses a receiver at some point for just stretches of games or for the entire season. They will continue to outclass their opponent's corners, their opponent's coverage linebackers throughout the season almost no matter what happens. And I think it was a big advantage for a, a or a quarterback like Jordan Love. Yeah, I, one, the only concern I might have is I just like double checked this over Jordan Love's final 12 games. He only threw five interceptions. Like that just feels like running the way he plays. I know it's like, like unsustainably hot to me. And I just wonder if he, if he could like start off next year, like uh, regressing to the mean and the turnover department and it kind of like, well, maybe we crowned him too early, blah, 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 and all that. He does not feel like a, a five interceptions in 12 games starter. I don't know if that's really ever going to be the real Jordan Love. I don't know, man. I feel like you're selling him short. I know. He, is yeah, a, I he looks like a, he's a superstar. I, he, I think I'm comfortable to say he's a superstar. Yeah, it's like he throws these tight window throws where a quarterback who, like coming in this year, we just didn't know what we had. Like I was skeptical we had much with Jordan Love. And you see him throw throws that are inches from the tips of a defender. I was going to say, he does that more than anyone I've ever seen. The ball but is he, one inch. I know. And, and you think like he can't keep getting away with it. But there are guys who are that precise. Like Mahomes has that level of accuracy, like especially over the middle of the field where you would say like, Kelsey was not open. He had a linebacker underneath. He had a safety coming over top and he found the window that was eight inches wide and he got it in there. I don't, like, obviously I'm not saying Jordan loves is Mahomes in that way, but we see players who can consistently thread the needle perfectly. And it was only 10 ish games about, you know, 10 games or so, but like over the second half of the season, he did it time and time and time again. He could be that guy. I, I don't know if he is, but watching 10 or so games, I'm like, every time he just keeps threading the needle perfectly. And some guys can do that. And he, he might be that guy because he, he was doing I, I, it for a long time. I think back to when Love came in for Aaron Rodgers on a Sunday night game against the Eagles. And it was a blowout. And he only played in the fourth quarter. But he's throwing balls where I'm like, hold up. Like, who 
who's this guy? Like, well, Denny, I kept making fun of you too for like, man, Denny really loved this one half a play he saw from Jordan Love against the Eagles. And uh, it turns out it was quite predictable. I mean, I, I I was blown away. I was like, uh, so you're telling me that this guy is Mahomes. This is what you're telling me. <laughs> like, like no one, no one moves like this. Like, mm-hmm. like that 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 quickness and like that release. My goodness. Yeah, off platform throws. Oh. Like he feels like he can make any throw. And I do think like he has a chance to develop his deep ball where like, I don't know how much we've seen of that. It's been more of the immaculate like timing. His arm is not amazing. It's not bad. I I feel like his arm is not, it's not, it's not Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, he was like an arms guy coming out of college though, and had like good velocity and stuff. We haven't seen a ton of that, but also I think if we're saying like he's an okay deep ball thrower and he's got immaculate precision short to intermediate, the room for growth there is very obvious. Yeah, so Jordan Love though, well, the, like uh, the thing I feel like about Jordan Love too is like I feel, you can't. I so we're not going to compare him to Patrick Mahomes. I feel like you can't compare him. I feel like he's his own archetype already. Like where there's no one who plays quarterback quite the way he does. I mean, but, I would say I would say he looks like Rodgers. He doesn't that, I mean, set his feet like literally. Rodgers didn't set his feet a lot too. No, yeah. no, no. He didn't, he didn't set it. And and I know that's a lazy comparison. I I know it's lazy because well, oh well, Rodgers. Rogers played for the Packers, so you're just saying anybody in a Packers uniform plays like plays like Rogers. Uh, no, I'm just saying that Sean he Clifford does not. To, right, he have love happens to look to me. If you zoom out far enough, you go, oh right, right, right. That's Aaron Rodgers throwing to Jordy Nelson in 2011. Like that. That's tell that's he, he doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the arm. And Rogers too. Rogers has special arm. Rogers became like pretty conservative at the end. You know, he, his whole game was like, I'm not throwing a pick. You think I'm oh going yeah to yeah yeah but, I mean yeah yeah that I mean was, that was one of the big criticisms in the slump before his MVP his back to back MVPs right was that like if there wasn't a guy there like he kind of stopped taking some of the tight window throws and was just throw it away throw it away throw it away and like enough throwaways like those kind of start to look like sacks like it's a lost play you don't lose yards on it but you do lose the play and that was you know kind of a feature of the pre second MVP yeah. and third and, and then he knows I, like I'm fascinated by he like he actually he like looks downfield and like he's trying to be efficient by hitting big plays yeah. and not just dinking and dunking all day can yeah. I uh can I tell you real quick how how quarterback friendly the Shanahan system is okay yeah, please so, <laughs> okay we all watched the, the Packers Niners we also Brock Purdy doing that thing where he drops back in a clean pocket and tries to throw pick after pick after pick <laughs> We okay. all saw that, correct? Yes. We, we saw did. Jordan Love play a good game besides his back-breaking, unbelievably season-ending season okay. interception. Okay, we, we so we all saw that, right? And who would you say played better? You, I think every every single person would say, well, Jordan Love obviously outplayed Brock, Brock Purdy, okay? Well, folks, Brock Purdy had a much higher EPA per dropback than Jordan Love. So that's just this system is just works wonders for quarterbacks, which is which is, I think, a legit knock against Purdy. It just it just is like he's doing what he needs to do. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there are 15 starting quarterbacks in the NFL who would be better in this system than Purdy. Yeah, Shanny's always got the EPA down real bad. And and then I'm going to get the EPA down bad when I throw my computer away. Uh, illegally and dump it and have the battery leaking when it tells me that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL. You see what I did there? Um, two different EPAs. Oh, oh, oh EPA, environmental no. protection oh, agency. I get so mad at the computer EPA that yeah. I illegally dump my computer 
it, and then it becomes an environmental hazard. EPA, of course, all the lithium. Yeah, 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 those, yeah. I'm just leaking all this lithium into the Missouri River, and, uh, <laughs> which is actually legal. I think. Yeah, no, it actually is legal in this state. But <laughs> <laughs> they encourage it. In fact, they want a little bit of lithium for flavor. And actually, we would really, really like the EPA to come and and uh, clean up the Westlake landfill. If you're listening, EPA, this is not a joke. I'm dead serious. The EPA's <laughs> Got to come in and finally fix the disaster at the Westlake landfill. Uh, we'll have to fix the disaster as this podcast if we don't move on to the Ravens 34 to 10 over Texans. This game was tied at halftime. Uh, then the Ravens, I thought it was happening again, man. Like John Harbaugh, like the talk about man who loves not to lose playoff games. Yeah, man. Uh, but the Ravens went total bulldozer mode in the second half. Do you guys think they exercised their playoff demons? Was it was it a convincing enough second yeah. half for you? Yes, it was. I, I do think that they exercised those demons. I, I was a little bit, I don't know, put off by the fact that they didn't really let Lamar cook in the passing game at all. That could have had to do with the weather because it was just poor. anecdotally, look, I live about 25 miles south of Baltimore. It was nasty outside. It was like gusts of like 35 miles an hour. So it was not ideal for passing. Maybe maybe that will come with better conditions or whatever into the postseason. I guess they're going to play in Baltimore next week, so that won't happen there. But um, but Lamar Lamar was really good as a passer, 11, uh, 11.4% over his expected completion rate, um, highest EPA of any quarterback for, uh, on the week. So I mean, he just, you know, like ran rough shot over these guys. Um, but, the, you know, I don't know. The the passing game left me a little a little cold. It did. I mean, there were almost no big plays. No, quote, explosives, as every film watcher now insists on calling them. Yeah. And I really, man, we got, I feel like that nomenclature is just, I don't, I'm not a fan. Not my favorite. Need, I didn't no, like when you said it. So no, I know. It's very off-putting. We need, we need a different word for 20-plus yard plays. Or is it 15? I don't even know what, how they define an explosive. I've always defined a big play as 20-plus. But I just I, look at it. Like, if it doesn't look like a big play, well, that's, that's not true. a big play. <laughs> I I'm, wasn't totally sold. I'll say that. I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. I just, I just, don't, I just don't see I When Patrick Mahomes plays – my prediction is that yeah, the team of Patrick Mahomes is going to win. That's I like this. My, I like it's it's a good prediction. rule of thumb. He is, you know, we were we started the show. We're close to the beginning of the show. Started it with like comparing him to Brady, and I think all of us. I didn't voice my opinion, but I think all of us were like in this specific regard. He's got the edge over the best quarterback of all time by a country mile. Like if you bet on the the team with Mahomes, you're so often going to be right. So this is a good heuristic to have. I will say though the Ravens, I mean they they're the real deal on oh, yeah. both sides of the ball, and they're going to be favored. They're going to be probably, I think the early line's like three and a half or something. I think I saw that too. I think you're right. They um, they, this defense is designed to shut down the KC offense. I, I like the Ravens, but I mean it's as you said though. I mean Pat Mahomes is fine playing the game on your terms because he this no one executes better than him. It doesn't really matter what your game plan is. Like he he'll he'll execute against it. He's so and, versatile. Like the thing you're trying to stop. Like oh, we can't keep giving Pat Mahomes the free layups to Rasheed Rice over the middle of the field. Like 
oh, then you've committed a lot of resources. He scrambles, dives, and throws a 40-yarder to MVS. All that needs to happen is for this guy to catch it. But, like, there is no way in which you can channel Mahomes into a style of play that he does not succeed at because he succeeds at every style of play. Denny hit an important point at the Ravens. There's just gonna they're gonna have to be more out of the Ravens passing game. There's just gonna need to be a lot more out of the Ravens passing game. They're yeah. they're not gonna win. But they don't hit some big plays in the passing game. I think I I do feel confident saying that. Yeah, I think I actually do think this game will be low scoring. That's just my. Yeah, this my is 2017. Wait, 2217 waiting to happen. I yeah, totally. Yeah, that, agree. That, that sounds about right. Uh, I I don't know the the Ravens have been really tough like against the middle of the field and tight ends this year always really so maybe that takes away Kelsey I mean once you take away Kelsey you have Rasheed Rice who is going to be matching up against some tough corners I mean I don't know I I don't know Jim I don't like I don't like the I don't like this matchup for the Chiefs Jim it will be Jim on the call Jim and Tony on the call next Sunday um, unfortunately NBC we've broadcast our last game of the year very sad. Yeah. Oh, well, that means well, I can't we watch can any go back and, Yeah, we can go back and watch some other ones, though. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit. I'm going to rewatch uh, the game from today, Lions-Bucks. I'm just going to watch it. I'm gonna, instead of the AFC Championship game, I'm going to rewatch Lions-Bucks next <laughs> Sunday night. You guys, while, you, while everyone else is out there you know, watching the AFC Championship game, I'm rewatching Baker Mayfield versus Jared Goff. We are not the same. It, it, we are not the same. I will. I am going to say that I'm going to lose my mind if Dalvin Cook – becomes a thing like if they make dalvin cook a thing because he had one good run against the, it was uh, all close out i mean it's the fourth quarter but that's the problem like gus edwards didn't really have anything left to give and now but he's justice like, hill justice hill is the best running back yeah like by far by far i know i don't I understand what the what the problem what is the problem john harbaugh todd yeah. munkin why why do you not just phase out gus except for except for the the green zone whatever get him in there big gus bus running through guy whatever <laughs> but but justice hill you know he gets way more than is blocked and you cannot say that for any other ravens back i i would venture to say gus is not good he, <laughs> I, he's a good goal line back like he can he's he a is, legit hammer yeah. from two yards out and that's about it though yeah i would say he's not good i, I'm, I know I'm, I'm sitting at home in an office chair <laughs> Uh, I was given uh, a lumbar pillow for Christmas, um, but I <laughs> um, would say he's not good. Also, could we get something out of Odell Beckham? Just something. Yeah, man. Anything. It sounds personal. I know. It's not personal. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I'm just amazed that, like, you know, we've been, guys, we've been saying, we've been saying for 10, 12 weeks, oh, they're saving them. They're saving them up. Just wait. They're going to unleash them in the plan. He's a guy's nowhere. I mean, I don't even, you don't even remember. He's uh, in the game. They're saving him up to drop a screen touchdown this week. Yeah, it would have been an 80-yard touchdown. Oh, but he dried it off his fingers. And I'm trying to nail the Romo. You did. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was good. That was very good. Uh, I mean, we didn't talk about the Texans. I mean, CJ Stroud's a problem, things of that nature. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, guy's, a, guy's a superstar. Uh, Bobby Slowick did the thing that Kyle and I warned about. Okay, obviously PFF Bobby's not listening to the Roto World Football Show yeah, for some reason not. because he he went ahead and he was six percent under their expected pass rate on first not down. Sh- Bobby, I'm not sure. What are you doing, man? Bobby guy, man. I don't you, know. You did, drop back. You just drop back and let your let your guy cook. You don't don't pin your whole season on Devin Singletary. 
He had, I feel like PFF Bobby had like one good game and it was the the wild card. Like week 18, remember everyone was complaining about PFF Bobby. Like, wow, they're really trying to lose this game. Yes. No, and, listen, um, I I think for as, for as much as I appreciate PFF Bobby, I think CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud made Nico Collins. He made Tank Dell. He made Bobby Slowick. Like he's doing the making. Exactly. Okay? That's what drove me so insane with the Nico Collins, like uh, the weapons debate with Bryce oh, and Cedar Stroud. Like, dude, like Nico Collins was like a plumber in the first two years. You, 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 <laughs> we like we wouldn't even know who Nico Collins was if he was on the Panthers. Don't don't give me this like. Well, if you give Nico Collins to to what's his name, Bryce Young, <laughs> please. Well, to be fair, we'd be considering him for UFL DFS week one. <laughs> we would be. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> Nico Collins is very good. And the, my defensive PFF Bobby will say a lot of it probably to Miko Ryan's like, we got to run. Right? We can't cut it loose, but maybe uh, you need to cut the young man loose next year. And like he just, he did cut it loose. Like in a big moment, he would just say, all right, whatever. I'm going to make a big play now. <laughs> and then he would do it. And I mean, they had stretches of games like it was before the the really bad Stroud concussion. They did start to cut Stroud. That is true. The concussion they started to turn it up. Yeah, but they, that's true. Coming back after the concussion, they were a little bit in between. Like they weren't. We came back and Tank Dell had gone down too. Yeah, but like you still had Devin Singletary as your top back. I get that. Like if you come back to a team that, like, say this team had you know Jonathan Taylor's cooking or whatever, you're like. We lost our top receiver. Stroud's coming back from a concussion. We think we have a good matchup in the ground game. But, like, for Christ's sake, man, Devin Singletary is your top running back, and you have, for my money, the, the best rookie uh, ever. So He's the best since at least Justin Herbert, probably since Cam Newton. I was actually looking through the roles yesterday. Yeah, it's, you know, for my money, if you want to say Cam Newton, I also have no qualms with that. And I'm also fine with Justin Herbert, but, like, it's a three to maybe four player race there for quarterbacks at least what are you doing with this Devin Singletary crap I don't know yeah uh so we'll, we'll see but uh like the Texans Schultz is free agent Bob Woods is actually guaranteed some money but they're gonna cut him I'm almost positive uh, Noah Brown is a free agent um Nico Khan's contract year so, so if you're a religious person, you can pray for a Brevin Jordan breakout season. Yeah, it's not <laughs> happening. He's had one catch over 30 yards, oh and it happened God. to happen. To come. I've never been more mad about anything in my life. What happened to Jim Schwartz in that defense, man? That was crazy. <laughs> I mean, Jim Schwartz was ready to not be in Cleveland. He, was, he, was, <laughs> he thought he had punched his ticket back to head coaching. Yeah. And then he got annihilated. The biggest <laughs> Humiliated. Yeah, he did. I don't think he's even gotten an interview. I don't think he has. I haven't All seen right. any interviews come through. Jim Schwartz is never going to be a head coach. <laughs> get, get ready to speak Cleveland again, buddy. Um, so uh, so for uh, Ohio native Kyle Dvorak, for Denny Carter, I am Patrick Darty. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with Denny. And then Kyle, Denny, and I will all be back on Thursday to break down the championship weekend. So keep it locked to A lot of coaching news, a lot of injury news. We'll be back later. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm. That's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 